Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by InsideTexas.com uh, analyst and writer and reporter, Justin Wells. Uh, Justin, we're talking about the uh, Texas 24-21 to uh, victory over Iowa State yesterday. Uh, but before we even get there and before you even say hello, I want to introduce a tweet to you guys that I think is pretty important. Uh, Roshan Johnson, uh, we, we talked about it in the uh, pregame. You know, did it matter to those um, players that uh, uh, Matt Campbell had called out or, or Brees Hall had called out a five-star culture? Uh, Roshan Johnson yesterday after the game, five-star win. Texas beats uh, Iowa State, snaps a three-game losing streak to the Cyclones, uh, and uh, Roshan Johnson took to Twitter. Uh, I found it interesting, Justin, Roshan Johnson's comment in the postgame uh, that Tashard Choice told him and Bijan, if we're going to win this game, it's going to be on y'all's backs. He told him that in the fourth quarter, uh, and boy, it, it seemed to really uh, come to fruition. In that final drive, Bobby, of 75 yards, Bijan, Robinson, and Rashawn Johnson were responsible for 72. Yep, if everything but that, the last group. Yeah, if, that, if that's not leadership, I don't know what is. And you and I were just talking about this a few minutes ago. Year in the in the last few years, this is not a game Texas usually wins. They usually find a way to lose this game. This is a game that Iowa State usually wins. But Bobby, the, the when, when you've got veterans, when you've got experience, when you've got some leadership, you can do a lot of damage in the college game. And Rashawn Johnson and Bijan Robinson, you could tell they played with an edge in the second half. Bijan came out in the third quarter on a mission, and so th to me, the five star win. This tweet encompasses the entire day uh especially for the for guys that you know this was a good this was a good win you know obviously fans want to see a bigger a more you know bigger margin of victory but look you take what you can get it's college football sometimes saturdays are fun sometimes they are hell yesterday was pure hell until about uh, a minute left when quinn <laughs> had that, that that beautiful that beautiful pass to xavier worthy on that whip route one of the best whip routes you're ever going to see, and so yeah, they Tashar Choice put it on the put it on the leaders. They knew who they needed to step up, and Bobby, they did. Yeah, no, it's exactly right, and and I, I think it's indicative of a team learning who they are too. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian in the post game said he when he go, gets into situations like that, he starts thinking about players, not plays, um, and. That last drive uh, that uh, won the game, that, that go-ahead score, uh, he started thinking about players, not plays. Roshan, Bishan, all the way down until they started keying on the backfield. And then all of a sudden he goes uh, to Worthy, uh, who was, I think, had eight catches and two touchdowns uh, on the day for the Longhorns. Uh, we're going to recap the game, talk a little bit about what we think about the game as well. Uh, first, I need to say thank you to our uh, advertiser, uh, Tim Rodman at Bertolatis Rodman. Uh, at Bertolatis Rodman, it's about the relationships. The full-service law firm specializes in business and real estate law, satisfying all your needs of a startup, uh, from a startup to complex negotiations to every contract needed in between. Bertolatis Rodman develops lasting, meaningful relationships that put their clients first. Um, we mentioned that uh, Roshan Johnson stuff. Uh, it looked like to me, uh, this is going to surprise some folks. Texas was stymied for much of the game on offense. Really just could not get on track. Uh, maybe that was partly Quinn Ewers missing some. Casey Kane had a drop. Uh, there were a couple of tackles for loss that were um, 
and not normal, I guess. But I'm going to give you this stat. Texas gained 363 yards yesterday. Iowa State only usually gives up 277. They Texas actually outperformed uh, the average for Iowa State, and it did not feel that way. That was a good Iowa State defense, Justin. It was. And, and what's funny is I was really factoring in Will McDonald. I thought this was a guy that was going to really cross off some some offensive linemen off of his list. They held him in check, Bobby. And, and it, it's, it, it was a weird game on offense. I know you rewatched it. I looked I watched a little bit of it last night. Um, it, it was it was one of those things where they just never felt like they caught a rhythm regardless and still scoring you know, 24 points or whatnot. Um, and if you look at the numbers, Quinn Ewers actually had a good game. You would think, well, this is a game that he took a step back. Well, you know, naturally, he actually played really well uh, in the first half. I think I think we were I was looking at the numbers earlier, and in the first half last yesterday, he was like twelve of 15, 12 of sixteen for one hundred and thirty yards and, and two touchdowns. And it sure didn't seem like that. It, it seemed like he was literally having to pull teeth to move the ball. But man, whatever. Whatever got in the way of this offense, Bijan and Rashawn were like a battery. They, 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 they somebody plugged them in, and they, they were guys that they knew exactly what they needed to do to get it done. Bobby, this defense for Iowa State was a great test. This was a great test because we don't know if Oklahoma is that good. We, we, we think on defensive side there's not a lot there, and so you want to see that carryover from the last couple of weeks. Well, that's exactly what we we saw at playing against a solid quality defense. You were gonna they you were gonna have to earn every yard. Matt Campbell was gonna make Texas and John Heacock was gonna make the Horns earn every single yard, and they did. It, it was one of those old school kind of fights. And in the past, Texas probably loses this game, but they figured out a way, Bobby. And you got to give these guys credit, not just on the offensive side, but on the defensive side. And we'll get to that probably here, you know, in a minute with with Anthony Cook and, and those guys. But man, when you when Texas needed a big play on both sides of the ball, it were it was the veterans. It was guys that had been through the battles that came through and did it, and they did it against a good Iowa State defense. This is a, this was a good test, Bobby, and they passed. Yeah, it, it looked to me uh, like uh, upon the rewatch. I have watched it. I've watched it three times now. Uh, quick rewatch, and then I did a longer one last night. Uh, it looked to me that Iowa State uh, just flummoxed them a little bit with their coverages. Uh, even uh, the intermediate stuff was tighter windows than what Texas and Quinn Ewers had, had been used to. Uh, they missed a couple of deep throws. Casey, a poor throw by Quinn. Maybe it was the win. Maybe it wasn't in the first quarter on a fourth down. That would have been a big play. Casey Kane then drops one later. That would have been a big play. That's potentially 14 points that they left out there. Uh, and the win probably, you know, they didn't go downfield much uh, for whatever reason. And I think they couldn't get the run game going on a consistent basis until the they second couldn't. half. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And, and once that run game got going, uh, then it was a different story. I will say that their performance at the end of the second quarter, that drive to go ahead uh, it, at half, 14 to 7, was absolutely key because without that, they're they're going into the third quarter and it's a tie ball game and, and Iowa State has all of the momentum. Uh, but uh, Texas comes out in the third quarter, goes up, kicks a field goal. Could have been more points there, 
Uh, probably would have probably would have really forced Iowa State into some things they didn't want to do. But only down ten, the the, the Cyclones uh, decide to just keep going at it. Um, I, I want to get into some other things uh, about this game and, and talk about some of the stats that I think matter uh, from it. Uh, you mentioned uh, Anthony Cook's intercept or uh, Anthony Cook's fumble, uh, forced fumble. There's also uh, Jalen Ford's interception. Uh, biggest stat for me in the whole game: two turnovers, Iowa State, zero for Texas. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Huge. Especially when an offense is, is sometimes, like you said, sputtering around a little bit, kind of spinning their wheels. That's that's usually a recipe for, for a mistake because you want to force something to happen. They didn't do that. Quinn stayed in check for the most part. He, 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 he didn't do that. To me, that was that, that's a huge stat. That, you nailed it, Bobby. To me, that probably comes down to the difference in, in winning and losing this game. And, 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 and not only didn't Texas turn the ball over, Jalen Ford's interception, that's as timely as it gets. And he read that the entire way. I think Jalen Ford, and I apologize, Jalen, I think we pissed him off. <laughs> because last week we handed out the midseason awards and we gave Jaron Thompson the defensive player of the year so far. And, and, and Dave Campbell's Texas football came out like a day later with their own and said that Jalen Ford's the state player, you know, midseason. And so Jalen comes out with a great game, and Jaron too. But I, I think we motivated him. And that's what we're here to do, Bobby. Uh, I'm looking at this list. I, I, I'm looking at this list, okay? And Jalen Ford, yeah, Jalen Ford doesn't surprise me. Ryan Watts does. Ryan Watts went out in the second quarter. Um, you, you talk about a team that was relying on him uh, at the uh, boundary corner position uh, to go up against uh, probably against Xavier Hutchison a little bit and to ride him and, and get him off his route tree. Uh, that really that may have changed the game as much as any single uh, thing about it uh, yesterday. When Watts went out, uh, Texas started having problems in coverage like serious problems, including not only giving up a 54-yard touchdown on a glance route, uh, but also uh, later in the game, uh, leaving Xavier Hutchison basically uh, virtually uh, unguarded. Uh, luckily for the Horns, that uh, Hutchison dropped that pass. Uh, but it, it shows you maybe just how uh, tenuous uh, the Texas defense is. The other stat I wanted to bring up, okay, and this is more team-oriented stuff, uh, that I felt impacted the game greatly. Once again, Texas can't get off the field on, on uh, third downs, Justin. Uh, Cyclones go 9 of 15 on third down. That means 66%. They were only at 43% entering the game. So that that's a full that's a full deviation point away from their norm. Plus, yeah. they were one of one on fourth down. Um, yeah. it, it, th those numbers just are not sustainable uh, for the Longhorns long-term uh, to do that and still get away with a victory. Uh, Texas, you know, what does Texas need to do to get off the field more on third downs? They're playing such base coverages that people know 
They can tell whether it's man or zone, and they know where the soft spots in man and zone are. PK or Gary Patterson or whoever has got to come up with some blitzes to get and some exotic looks to get these quarterbacks, kind of pedestrian quarterbacks, no offense to Hunter Deckers, off their mark. Uh, something's got to something's got to give because nine of fifteen and one of one is not going to get it done for the Longhorns. I mean, you said it. It's not sustainable. It's it's <laughs> it, it's not sustainable on a physical level and an emotional level because people need to understand the mental side of this game is crazy. And you keep giving up third downs on drives and it wears on you mentally. And so this is this is this is one of those things where it's not like last Sunday. You and I could not stop talking about all the positives because when you beat OU 49 to nothing, buddy, that's a lot of good stuff. This week, this is one that, hey, you get the win, but, buddy, there's a lot of stuff to fix. This is a way to go in and, and, and really start to do some self-scouting and figure out the best thing, that, you know, the best ways of doing this. I love – I like how they're generating a pass rush. I really do, Bobby. But, man, on third downs, it feels like that. They're playing almost too safe. They want to make sure they keep those guys in front of them. And I get it. When Watts went out, that was that was a hole. Austin Jordan flashed, and and you know, and that's the thing with with, with that group. You know that they've got some talent there. Uh, Jameer Johnson, we had mentioned. You know that's a guy that would have normally came in and, and played some minutes. He was banged up during practice last week, and they, they, they went ahead and let him set out on Saturday. But he should be okay for next week. It was one of those kind of things. But we saw some some new guys come in. Terrence Brooks, he got some run. We saw him flash a little bit. We saw Jaron kind of quarterbacking him a little bit, trying to steer him in the right direction. Man, but Bobby, this is this is this is one of those games where, hey, you pass your stuff on the back, you got the W, you can go home and, and sleep well. But when you get up the next morning, it's video session hell. And there's some things to fix on both sides of the ball, especially on the third down efficiency. This team has got to get off the field, Bobby. They're, they're playing with, you know, they lost. <laughs> they're playing or they, they're, they're, they're being a little too careless. This is how they lost to Tech, was not getting off the field. And it will bite them again if they don't fix it. Yeah, I, I tell you what, uh, it looked like the only thing that they had going from a rush standpoint was a potential corner blitz every so and so often. That, that seems to be PK's uh, go-to blitz package. Uh, that that does not help when Ryan Watts goes off the field because he's probably your best guy coming from the corner and he's in the boundary, right? Uh, yeah. Which is closer to the ball. But right. uh, anyways, I, I, I digress here a little bit. Um, I want to talk a little bit uh, too here, uh, Justin, and, and your thoughts. Uh, Texas at, at times yesterday lost uh, Ryan Watts. Uh, I want to give a health update for folks that, that are looking at. Sarkeesian said in his post-game presser, that Watts uh, had x-rays, it was not a structural in injury. So it sounds like it was more of a stinger, uh, maybe a little bit more of a bruise there too. Uh, so that's good. Jaron Thompson was uh, got a stinger as well, but he came back. Anthony Cook injured, but he came back as well. Uh, so the secondary was in flux yesterday. Yes. We saw that. They, did, they tried so many permutations in the secondary yesterday that was almost ridiculous. We were speaking to Rod Babers immediately after the game. And of course, Rod as a defensive back at Texas uh, uh, talked about it. You know, they tried, not only did they try Terrence Brooks at corner, they tried uh, Austin Jordan at corner. They finally settled 
on moving Jade Barron to corner. The, the guy that's the best it. cover skills in the program. Yeah, but but he's the guy that has been playing their nickel position. Right. And they moved Jade to corner. Uh, Jade clearly not, even though he may be the best cover guy, he's clearly not up to date on everything they're doing because he let some guys go in the middle of the field that he should have covered with him. Uh, but uh, that allowed them to put Jalen Gilbo on the field as the, the star, and they got some semblance uh, of feel for it from there. Uh, all of that being said, all of that being said, I want I want to mention this and really give my hats off. The play of the game, unquestionably, was Anthony Cook's caused fumble. So I think it was Anthony Cook that blew the coverage deep against Xavier Hutchison. Okay, just. I went back and looked at it three times, four, rewound it more than that. You know, three plays later, two plays later, he comes up and he puts a stick on Hunter Deckers. Uh, and Matt, will you, Matt, our producer, will you please put that that uh, shot up, uh, screenshot? He put a clean hit on Hunter Deckers that dislodged the ball. Jalen Ford recovers it. Is there any question that's the absolute play of the game and maybe the play of the season? for a Longhorns defense that has been uh, beleaguered at times is the best way to put it. Bobby, you, you wrote something a few days ago that really wrapped, really encompassed a lot of what was going on. It was that expectation of victory that Texas fans had had, had in the Mac Brown era where you knew that there was going to be some trepidation, but for the most part on most Saturdays, you thought Texas was going to figure out a way to win. And they did. This game had that feel to it where they didn't play their best, where Iowa State was was coming with the best that they had, a three-game winning streak, uh, a tough defense to adjust to, offensive, uh, you know, uh, adjustments, things of that sort. Bobby, this this play, it, it, it could be the play of the season because it, this is the play that essentially is going to continue for Texas on that track to the Big 12 championship game. If they don't win this game, I don't know if we can continue having that conversation about them being in the mix. They do. They win this. They make that play. And, you know, this to me is is indicative of a program of, of buy-in. And even when, you know, Anthony Cook, you mentioned a play where he got busted earlier. There was a play where he overplayed the slot. He had come up way an angle, way too high, wind up giving up a big, big play on that one. And so, like I said a little bit earlier, the video session for these guys this morning is going to be a little brutal. It's going to be a little bad. But you know what? You need these type of games. You need these type of wins because a 49-0 win over Oklahoma doesn't always tell you a lot of who you are. A 24-21 win at the last on the last drive against Iowa State at home, that, that, that'll open your eyes and give these guys a bunch of credit. I didn't realize this until, until the end of the third quarter yesterday. Texas has, over, has outscored its opponents 66-19 in third quarters this year. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. That number blew my mind, and it showed how much emphasis Sark had made on making a strong second-half surge 
compared to last season where they played so well in the first half of so many games and they just didn't come to they didn't they just didn't bring any licks in the second half they weren't prepared they didn't they didn't adjust you're seeing that now you're seeing Sark trying to course correct you're seeing Anthony Cook come up and make big plays you're seeing true freshmen on the field coming up in a pinch and making plays you know Terrence Brooks was actually one of the best players in scout team this last week in, in practice. He's really kind of taken his, his – he's played a lot. And he's making a, a pretty strong impression on the team, especially on the defensive side. So he gets in the mix with Ryan Watts going down. That, to me, that shows buy-in. That shows this program is is trending in the right direction. And that's because you, you've got to have an Anthony Cook come up and make that play. A couple of years ago, Bobby, they missed that play. He makes a mistake. Maybe he harbors it. Maybe he hangs on to it a little bit too much. It was the next play mentality. And and I think you can give Rashawn Johnson and B. John Robinson and those guys a lot of credit because it's a leadership-driven thing now. And with Anthony Cook, he's one of those guys. He's having a good year, Bobby. He's having a really good year. Um, and he's probably going to play himself into some, into some NFL camps. And so at the end of the day, putting hat on ball is what you're supposed to do. So people are going to clamor about targeting. We've watched that thing over and over again. You can't find targeting in that one. Actually, it was pretty damn straight up. And give Anthony Cook a lot of credit. Give Terry Joseph a ton of credit. But, man, give PK credit. Because even when they didn't look their best, they figured out a way in those last few drives to create stuff. And that's what this defense missed last year, Bobby. It missed it immensely. It's missed it for several years, uh, playmakers, disruptors. Um, I, I'm still not sure Texas has one on defense. Uh, I know Overshone likes to fa- likes to be fashioned that way. Um, but He's almost trying to be that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's not working right now. And, it, and, and, and it's easier, I would say, to scheme guys like that out of it, too, uh, when there's only one, right? Uh, and so that that's that's a factor. Although Anthony Cook came up big, that stat that you just uh, gave us, uh, Justin, the sixty-six to nineteen in third quarters is eye-opening, uh, and speaks to Steve Sarkeesian, I think, a little bit, uh, refocusing his efforts uh, personally uh, as the offensive coordinator and play caller uh, for the Longhorns. You said that the Longhorns have outscored opponents sixty-six to nineteen in the third quarter. Going into going, it was in, in the middle of yesterday's third quarter with Iowa State. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they outscored. Uh, I know they scored at least three in the in the third quarter because they came out and scored the uh, the on the very first drive of the third quarter. If they would have scored a touchdown there instead of a, a field goal, I think it could have really put some pressure on on Iowa State to keep up. Uh, but at, at at any rate, uh, a couple yeah. of other. Um, things that uh, Ian Boyd actually uh, noticed as well in one of our post-game articles on Inside Texas, Justice, Justin, was exactly how Texas started to run the ball a little bit uh, in that second half with success. Andre Carrick inserted into the game, uh, more odd fronts, uh, that three-three-five. Texas was trying to out, outflank, basically, uh, Iowa State, and it was working. Yeah. Um, and they were running into big bodies after big bodies. And that's where Texas run game really got going. That simple uh, adjustment by Steve Sarkeesian allowed for that long, long drive there in the fourth quarter. And and, and, and this t- yesterday was a game of drives. That last drive to, to go into the uh, halftime, into the first half, huge. The opening drive to begin the, second, to begin the third quarter, 
you know, Bijan, you saw that attitude, that edge with Bijan, how they had, him and Rashawn played. And, and it was a game of drives. The, 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 a lot of these drives were significant. And, and, you know, there were so many plays I th- thought that were left on the field. And that's something that the offensive guys are going to watch today. And they're going to get – it's going to be heartburn, man. They're going to need some Prilosec because Casey Kane, bless his heart, you know, if he turns his shoulder the right way a couple plays, he may have a couple touchdowns. Uh, I, I mentioned yesterday on the board, yesterday was the day that Isaiah Nayor would have eaten alive. If Texas had the – and you can't say ifs, what's, but if Isaiah Nayor is playing, I don't even think this is a game yesterday. I, I think this is this would have been a prime opportunity for Nayor to, to display what he can do with his size and stretching the field. In Casey Kane, he's going to get more reps. He's going to get more opportunities to find that. But man, we talked about it a little bit last week too about what you know things to look for against Iowa State. And I thought about another receiver because we knew what Wardy was doing. We knew what Whittington was doing, and Jatavian Sanders was his own monster. I wanted to see if a third receiver would, would appear. It, it hasn't really happened yet, and and that almost bit Texas because at some you know they're going to continue to double Xavier Worthy. Whittington's going to always find as long as Worthy's on the field, Jay Witt's going to find holes. And, and, and Jatavian Sanders seems to be that safety valve that these quarterbacks are relying on. But, man, there was just so many – it was one of those older games that, like we had seen, Bobby, where there were, there were plays left on the field, but the defense at the end of the day made the plays to, to pull out the W. And, uh, yeah, looking at the receiving yards, I mean, looking at the, the – the, the, listen, Jordan Whittington, two catches, 27 yards – if you would have told asked me what his numbers were, I would have thought it was four or five catches. I thought it would have been 50 or 60 yards. It felt like he made more of an impression. But he did get in the end zone for the first time in 2022, and that was significant for those guys. Yeah, and I'll tell you one thing, other thing. One one of his catches was called back by a holding call uh, against Hayden Connor when Texas was moving That's the ball right. early. Uh, early or late, early first. Yeah, yeah. About a 20-yard completion on an intermediate route from Quinn. Uh, it was wide open, and Quinn put it right there, and Whittington made a great play. Um, but, you know, the the other thing about Jordan Whittington that I'm going to remember from this game is he got blown up on his backside block on that third and two to seal the game. Uh, he got absolutely blown up by the outside linebacker uh, against Iowa State, yet he kept going into the play and pushed Roshan Johnson forward. Um, he did Push. not – yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he <laughs> he carried. Yeah. My, my my point being, my point being, you have a guy that's in his last year probably at Texas, and he knows he's not leaving anything else out on the field. There's no yep. there's no quit there. Uh he was yep. he wasn't catching the ball at that point in time. He got blown up as a blocker, no doubt. Blown up, but he didn't give up on the play and just let him go. He went after the play and uh it really played into it. Uh, I want to, I want to talk next. Um, Justin, we've, we've gone over a lot of stuff. Um, Going into this game, Quinn Ewers has been the talk for many Texas fans. Um, uh, He is uh, so supremely talented. uh, And it's one of those things, Justin, that you and I have talked about. Where is he at in his maturation process? He's only a freshman. You have to keep uh, your, um, Thoughts are delusions of grandeur in check, right? You can't you can't just That's anoint right. him. Um, what did you think of his play overall yesterday? You know, I'm I'm on the fence with that one because I felt in some regards he wasn't he wasn't sharp. 
And he doesn't, he's not a body language kid, Bobby. He's not a raw, raw type of dude. He's kind of an introvert. He's definitely has a calming uh, sense of, among the team. And the team kind of feeds off that. If you, if you ask them, they love, they love that, you know, Quinn never gets too high, too low. I, I, I thought he was playing with his food a little bit yesterday. I, in some regards, I, I felt like it was one of those, okay, you got to figure out this defense in your progressions. You've got to figure out this is a game for you to learn. This is a game where you're going to go through some, some – and the fact he didn't turn the ball over is tremendous. And that, that to me, was the good side of the fence. He didn't turn the ball over. When they needed it, he did make some big day, big plays. He, some, he, he let some throws get away from him a little bit. I don't want to hear – that he hit some camera wire on this one because the wind was heavy yesterday. And so in the first half, it was taking some of those passes away. As a matter of fact, I think it hurt a couple of the field goals as well. But Quinn, to me, you know, that's what you're going to get from a freshman quarterback. You're going to – if you come off of a huge rivalry win like they did, we had to expect a natural letdown. And, and that's, just, that's just normal. I think the crowd had a natural letdown. They weren't awake in the first quarter, Bobby. These 11 a.m. kicks, it's one thing to get up for Alabama. It's another when the Cyclones show up. Not every, and, and ACL was the night before. And so I, I think the, the team kind of woke up as the crowd began to w- wake up, you know, in the second half, in the second quarter. But for Quinn, to me, it was a step in the right direction, obviously, because like he, said, he put his team in a great position to win. He didn't do anything to put himself, put the team in a spot where they could lose, where they could blow it. To me, that that deserves praise. But at the same time, he almost almost felt like he was kind of sputtering a little bit. I felt like he was spinning his wheels, uh, playing with his food somewhat. He, he didn't seem disengaged. He just didn't. There was just a, you know, you could see on his face when he would miss a route or when Casey Kane wouldn't turn his shoulder the right way. You could just kind of see it on his face. He wasn't as sharp as usual. And guess what? That's when you've got to dig down and figure out the best way to get it done. Quinn did that. And, and Sark knew, you know what? I can't put this final drive on my freshman quarterback. Why not let these two running backs that are the leaders of this program march it down the field and Quinn do your best job of handing it to him? And so at the end of the day, I think Sark did the right, had the right around a mixture of balance and complimentary football to make sure that he put his quarterback in the best position. But it was it, it was a letdown from the week before. And and I think you'll 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 see a little bit different next Saturday when they get to Stillwater because they're going to see a different front this time. And this is going to be a little more inviting. It's going to be interesting to see what Mike Gundy has and those guys have for Quinn, because I think you're going to start seeing that week to week now, Bobby, where coaches are figuring out, okay, Quinn likes this. Quinn doesn't so much like that. Quinn's tendencies tend to go this, this, this direction. You're going to start seeing more coaches notice them about that. So this whole process of Quinn growing up is happening before our eyes. I, I will say this: a couple things I noticed, and, and this is uh, that 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 picture alone is may have been his best throw or second best throw of the day. That That's was the third. Tavian Sanders. That was a third and eight throw where he got rushed uh, and still completed. They ended up calling a, a bizarre uh, roughing the yeah. passer. I mean, I just don't I don't get it. Um, what they're doing with roughing the passer? I watched I watched a number of games yesterday where roughing the passer came into play, and I'm just like, I don't know. I don't as a long-term observer of football, I don't understand what roughing the passer is right now. And that's, that's Trust me, scary. football players don't either. Yeah. It, it, so, but, but I go, I, I want to keep talking about Quinn. It was interesting to me um, that Texas went 75 yards on that final drive 
Um, Quinn was called on to pass in that drive once prior to that final pass to Xavier Worthy. And that was a little dump screen to Bijan Robinson on a third and five. Uh, good, tremendous call, by the way, uh, by, uh, by uh, Steve Sarkeesian there. They were not expecting that uh, among many things. Uh, and uh, they, they got that uh, from them. Uh, but the second part, Justin, is this. Um, they, they then come out and it's fourth and three at the goal line or fourth and goal uh, at the three. And, you know, he hasn't thrown the ball downfield hasn't thrown the ball particularly well all game um but he steve sarkeesian calls you know the whip route to the outside where xavier worthy has man coverage with help inside so the iowa state had help inside xavier worthy still got that guy to bit bite and you know let's let's be clear quinn ewers put it on his helmet <laughs> he just dotted him now I'm not saying, yeah, <laughs> if, if Xavier didn't, Worthy didn't make that catch, it was Xavier Worthy's fault. Yeah, it wasn't so, no win. So I want to say this. <laughs> I mean, there were, I agree with you. I think there are weak spots right now in, in Quinn Ewer's game, um, and I want to mention those. But when it was called for, he made the throw uh, a couple different times, and I, I was impressed by that. I also want to add, uh, the, the thing that's interesting to me is he seems to be one-sided to the field. And if he has Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington on opposite sides, those are the two guys that are typically open along with Jatavian Sanders, right? And if he focuses too much on one or the other, he's not looking at the other, right? And so uh, I'm going to be interested to see if uh, Steve Sarkeesian tries to get both those guys on the same side of the field a little more often uh, because I think that will open up the Texas passing game downfield a little bit more as well. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. I, overall, was it an A performance from Quinn Ewers? No. Was it no. an A performance from, from the Texas Longhorns on offense? Absolutely not. They did gain more than 100 yards more than normal against an Iowa State defense, though. A good were, Iowa State defense. And they were able to run the ball. The difference when in this counted, game. It's definitely when it counted. That last drive in the second quarter, I thought was indicative of the season, Bobby. Of the second quarter or the fourth quarter? Second quarter. Second quarter. Fourth well, quarter, thought, you had to have it to win. The second quarter is what kept you emotionally engaged. The yeah. second quarter is what woke up the crowd at halftime. Okay. Well, I thought the fourth quarter drive was terrific. Yeah, right? absolutely. When, when all 72 the yards, the 72, 75 yards for well, those two running backs. Let me say this, though. Okay, the, the why I think that, Justin, is this. Texas had another double-digit lead in the, in the second half. Uh -oh. and, and had given that up before they had never come back and gone back ahead. Good point. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's exactly that's, what happened. Yeah, that's the difference, in my opinion. Uh, is that Texas actually stood up and took that ball. And instead of just saying, ah, well, we came close, got it. 
they actually went down methodically and and scored. Uh, that's a sign of a team that's that's growing up. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Uh, but they they put the onus then of Iowa State having to match. Anthony Cook comes up with a absolutely huge dagger uh, with a uh, terrific uh, fumble, uh, forced fumble. Uh, Jalen Ford pounces on it. And then Texas goes back to the run game again and gets a first down, and that's the game. Uh, you know, so I, I feel like we're, we're looking at a team that is not there yet by any stretch, uh, but they've won three in a row. They're five and two. Uh, they go into the, the, the really the crux of Big 12 play right now. They have o Oklahoma State this week, bye, and then Kansas State the following week. So the next two games are against ranked opponents on the road. Um, it'll be interesting to see exactly what Texas is able to do. Uh, but I'm here to tell you, I, I think that this team is a little more battle-tested. I'm still not sure they have enough playmakers on defense uh, to go to the Big 12 championship game. Uh, I do think they'll play well uh, on offense uh, and score some points most of the day. Uh, that was the best Big 12. That was the best defense they'll see in the Big 12. I'm not so sure that the next two next two games aren't the second and third best defense in the Big 12, though. So we yeah. we got to be got to be aware of that. Uh, I want one final question for you, Justin. But before that, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Bertolatus Rodman. Uh, it's about the relationships at the law firm Bertolatus Rodman. The full service firm specializes in business and real estate law, satisfying the needs of a startup, the complex negotiations, to everything needed in between. Bertolatus Robin develops lasting, meaningful relationships that put their clients first. Justin, my final question is this. Um, Texas is five and two. Uh, do you think this team has turned the corner um, and becoming a solid team or a solid to above average team that capable of competing for championships? Or do you still see too many chinks in the armor uh, for Texas to really be uh, that team, Bobby, the, the growth this this group has made is huge. It's immense. I still think there's more growing to come, though. I don't think they've necessarily turned that corner. I think, from a mental standpoint, you could probably make a case that they have. But from an execution on the field, adjustment on the fly, guys getting injured, guys filling in. They're still in that process. But here's the thing, Bobby. I think the mentality of them constantly trying to find that turning the corner is what gives them their edge. This is a group that was so pissed off after the OU win. They, all they thought about was Iowa State on Sunday because they hadn't beat this team in three years. Oklahoma State, this is a revenge tour 2022. Baron Sorrell tweeted something about it yesterday. And, and at the end of the day, they, they still have – Oklahoma State ahead of him that, that's going to present a definite, uh, you know, a, a curious setup as well. I don't think they've necessarily turned the corner. I think they're in that direction. I think from a mental standpoint, a culture buy-in standpoint in the program, yes, they have. But from an execution on the field, we need to see what happens with the next couple of weeks. We need to see Stillwater. We need to see what happens in Manhattan. After that, then I think you, we can start to talk about turning the corner. But this was a game, and I'll, I'll reiterate this for, for the fans. This was a game you want to see Texas win because, like you said, they had a double-digit lead in the second half. About three or four minutes left, Ohio's, uh, Iowa State takes the lead, and you're thinking, man, we've seen this movie. 
We've read this book before, but that's not that when the end result. Texas decided to go down, march down. They had a tremendous drive. They relied on their veterans. And then, like you said, Quinn Ewers put an absolute pill on the face mask of Xavier Worthy on fourth down on that whip route. It reminded me of a guy in basketball slipping the screen. You know how you would go down and, and set a screen, set a screen, and then you'd go down and act like you were going to set one, and you would just shoot to the side because you kept setting them up. That's exa- exactly what Worthy was doing that whole game. So give those guys credit. When they needed a big play, they dove down and grabbed it. I don't think they've turned the corner, but I think they can see it on the curve. I want to I want to finish with this because I think this is the this encapsulates and, and we started with it. Um, you know, it, it is a anytime you win, that's great. Um, this was one where they came from behind when realistically Iowa State outplayed them for much of this contest, in my opinion. Um, Iowa State looked better on offense, more cohesive. Texas looked disjointed on defense, uh, gave up some big plays. Uh, But player, as Sark said, players, not plays. And then, you know, make a big play. Two turnovers. Uh, One when Iowa State was in the red zone and one when the game was on the line, threatening to score. Anthony Cook makes – a play that it's a different, that could be the difference between Texas being five and two and four and three right now. Absolutely. And, and so a uh, five-star win didn't feel like a five-star win in during the middle of it. Um, in retrospect, that's what it was. All right. Uh, for Justin Wells of Inside Texas, we got more coverage, by the way, on Inside Texas today. Um, I'm getting ready to write an article as well. I think <laughs> I know Justin's got some stuff. I've got, I've got PFF grades coming up. I do want to mention this real quick, Bobby, yes. for everyone to come check us out at InsideTexas.com. Rashawn Johnson play of the game. The hat he drilled on that special teams play. It wasn't significant in the game, but I'm going to tell you what it did. It jumped up his draft stock because I have had so many quote tweets from agents, NFL personnel, NFL media, Rashawn, go back and look on Twitter, Rojo, Alpha. The guy makes a stick on special teams that, to me, is transcendent of what this team is trying to do. That's a five-star win, Bobby. You take him how you get him. Yep, absolutely. Um, Paul Paul Wallington also will have his uh, post-mortems offense, defense uh, as well. Eric Nalin, uh, Jerry Hamilton, we're all on there. Ian Boyd uh, going to break it down with the X's and O's a little bit too. I also will have a uh, commentary tomorrow. Uh, with uh, lunch with the coach uh, for On Texas Football with Coach Brian Irwin. Uh, So we've got a lot of coverage coming up. And then there's a big game in Stillwater everybody's going to be getting ready for uh, that's coming up on on next Saturday. And, of course, recruiting. We we didn't even mention Arch Manning was in town. Colton Vosick, the defensive end out of Austin Westlake, was there. Uh, A number of other recruits were in town as well, commitments and non-commitments. Uh, so we'll have that in the scoop as well as we already had some recruit reactions uh, yesterday as well. So uh, please visit us at InsideTexas.com uh, if you get a chance. Also, please like and subscribe this video to this video. We're shooting for 10,000 subscribers to our video channel by the end of the week. Uh, last I checked, uh, it was at 9,700 or so uh, late, late last night. Uh, so please visit uh, and subscribe. For Justin Wells of Inside Texas, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been Rapid Reaction. It wasn't so rapid today. A lot to talk about. Thanks a bunch, Justin. Got it.